0: Check check, Mike check. It's a Tuesday. Welcome to the Call to Arms podcast. We're one day late on the podcast for a couple of reasons. Um, one, the Super Bowl was yesterday. This isn't a football podcast, uh, but you never know. Uh, that's a crazy event. Thought that we should let that happen and then speak about if anything crazy happened, like I don't know, a pop star gets married to the best tight end ever um or gets engaged um that didn't happen but just in case it did i just wanted to make sure we were podcasting after that instead of waiting for a whole week um also you can tell by the title um this one's a very very special podcast if not the most special podcast um i've probably ever done it features a conversation with the late great kobe bryant from 2016 um I'll get to more of that in a little bit, but um, as you can imagine, it kind of took a little bit more time than usual to to get this one prepared. Um, Before we get to that, though, I did promise that uh, this episode was going to be a mailbag, um, and I wanted to make sure that we were able to, one, answer some questions, give everybody who's new to the podcast a little taste of... The scope of what it is that we discuss here on the Call to Arms pod, and at the same time, do our usual stuff. Every week, we hand out the uh, Call to Arms Basketball Championship belt. Um, Yesterday, it was with uh, Miss Trina Guitinko and her teammates over at Titans, uh, Bo, Lina, and and Jazz. Um, So this week, it gets passed on. Every week, a person or a group of people hold that title just to determine who's him or who's her in the world of basketball. Um, But first, uh, again, if you're new to this, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Nico Ramos. This is the Call Torms podcast. It's a Hoops Pro Max Plus podcast. It's everything about basketball plus a little bit of some things uh, about everything else. Um, It's a very, very exciting time. Um, Just To be a big sports fan As I mentioned, Super Bowl just finished Um, The uh, Kansas City Chiefs have won back-to-back Super Bowls Which is not a common thing to do It's the first time it's been done In a very, very long time They immediately, upon winning their second championship Started talking about their third Which I don't think has ever been done Um, So they're looking to go Three in a row and are not shy about it I'm such a massive fan Of just the guts and the gall to just put that target back on their backs and make it even bigger. Uh, good luck to the Chiefs if they can go three in a row. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm a Rams fan. Um, born in the city of LA, uh, the Rams are one letter away from my last name. So, <laughs> For that stupid reason, I'm, I'm a Rams fan first. They weren't too good this year. Um, And if the Chiefs are able to make history, well, I'm always a big fan of watching great people work. Um, I'm about as casual as you could possibly get when it comes to American football. I know very, very little um, about the sport. I am kind of smart enough, though, to realize that Patrick Mahomes at the end of the quarter, um, at the end of the fourth quarter, or in this case, in the end of the fourth and in overtime, is so incredibly difficult to defend. I think the hurry-up offense uh, plays so much to his factor. The defense not being able to play call or game plan with ex- the usual extended time in between plays, he obviously takes advantage of that, his supreme skill, his improvisational ability uh, as a as a football player, as a quarterback, and just the, the trust that he has with his teammates, his receivers, particularly the best tight end in history, at least that's what they say, Travis Kelsey. I mean, all that's impressive, right? But it leads me to naturally wonder, like, what's the basketball equivalent of that? Like, you're, you're up three in the fourth quarter or in overtime against Patrick Mahomes. He's gonna get the ball as a fan rooting against him you are just fearful for like your your team's entire existence right because you know you've seen this before Mahomes like he's gonna do this he he did this with 13 seconds left against the Bills that one time so what is the basketball equivalent of that um so I came up with a couple of answers um I think that prime Steph Curry is maybe the, the closest thing that I could maybe, maybe compare to Patrick Mahomes um, on a game winning drive on a potential game winning or game tying drive. Right. I mean, just the inevitability, right. That's the, that's the big word. Like how, how inevitable um, is this comeback going to happen? And how little is there that I can do to stop it? I think prime Steph Curry um, is right up there in terms of just how close that feeling is. Um Kobe and Shaq uh, I think is also is also right up there you can ask any Blazers fan about game 7 I think there was a sense of inevitability there when they when they you know really locked in and made that big fourth quarter comeback um, LeBronto which is that Cleveland Cavaliers run and anytime LeBron had to play the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs it's just It just felt inevitable, right? It just felt like I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I do know that he is going to get it done. Um, And he's just going to break all these people's hearts. Um, And in a fantasy world, I don't know. If Jawa Mark, JJ, and Justin Brownlee all played for Hinebra all at the same time. And the crowd is rocking. And the stadium's full. And everyone's stomping and jumping and clapping and chanting Ginebra, I think... I think that's about as, as close as as it, it gets to a similar similar feeling of inevitability. So if you're not a big football fan and maybe you're trying to contextualize what it's like going up against Patrick Mahomes and trying to defend him on a game winning drive, I think those are my best examples to kind of really get that, that that similar feeling. All right. Um I wanna get to a few questions. I can't do a full uh mailbag because uh we we, we do have something special on the back half of this episode but I did still want to make sure that I you know fulfilled my promise and I got to some of the questions that you guys had sent um, over Instagram Um, I want to start with um, Erica Erica has a deep question on Instagram says what is what was my clarity of my whys during my early 20s Um, I didn't necessarily have a why outside of get paid like earn a salary in my early 20s, survive, make it to the next paycheck. Um, I moved out quite early um, in my life. I I I stayed away from home in college. I went to UP in Los Banos in college. So I dormed. Uh, so I got used to not living at home. And then after graduation, I was so used to it uh, that I just went on and, and moved out early. So that meant that I had was starting to pay rent uh, I guess earlier in my adult life than usual and I don't have a philosophical answer uh, for you Eric I just I just wanted to get by (laughs) Uh, and I guess do as good of a job as I could at whatever work I was doing I was doing four or five different gigs at the time that was that's essentially my why Uh, the clarity is the hunger (laughs) the clarity is the threat of the literal hunger or the threat of getting evicted um, or wanting some new sneakers. Uh, I'm not saying I had all my priorities in a row in my early 20s. Um, Jonathan wanted to ask, how was your UAP Courtside Reporter experience back then? It was a very, very fun time because I got to do it with some really, really good friends. Um, uh, on my first year, it was Ricky Flores' second year. We almost instantly became really, really good friends. They already were dating her and Martin, who was the star, UP Maroon, at that time. And we just immediately clicked uh, Clicked uh, and just took off as friends. And we've been friends and we still are friends to this day. Uh, I met some, you know, uh, really outstanding people at, at the time. Um, Aaron there was... Fresh off of his courtside experience and was in his first year as as an anchor. Um, Boom Gonzalez obviously was a big mentor to to all of us. Uh, Jess Mendoza, who uh, eventually we did radio with, and has now moved to the states. Um, but that was also the start of our friendship. The late man Paniban was was a very very good friend um, of ours, and you know we just we just had a whole lot of fun with it. I the Paul Lee experience was very fun because. My first year as a courtside reporter was his last year at UE, and we became great buddies. Also, he took me to Tondo practically um, every week after after weekend games, uh, coming from Araneta and then just going back to his hometown, just hanging out there with his friends, his family. That's where our relationship and our friendship started. The the basketball of it, I I mean, I don't remember too much of, um, but but the friendships that I had then is something that I'll always treasure, and I think is a big part of where I eventually wound up both as a professional and as a person. Um what's my simple joy? That's a question from Juan. When you have a child, then you just know. You're simple, you're complex, you, all of your joys are are child related. If if my wife is happy, my son is happy if I just like walk in like in, into a room and see the the two of them just like laughing about something silly then that's like that's it for me. That's the that's the pinnacle of happiness uh for me it's it's very simple but if you, if if you have children you understand exactly what i mean um i think this is patrick uh, wants to ask my best core memory as a titan employee um oh wow i mean where do i start um it's been 8 years now uh, i guess of being part of the slam and titan family although i first started writing for slam in 2011 Whew. so it's been it's been a It's been a long ride. Uh, Similar to, I guess, my courtside experience, there's a lot of big achievements and big events and big products that we've worked on and we've launched that uh, I think might be the easy answer. Uh, They're kind of glitzy. They're kind of glamorous. People look at them as very impressive. I'm very impressed uh, by the things that we've done. But I think it's lunch. (laughs) I think that's my favorite part of uh, being a Titan employee. Lunch or the weekly basketball runs or... You know the occasional um downtime socials we 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 call it the office we 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 label it as socials anytime we have socials that's usually my my favorite part of, of being an employee there and just being around my my very very good friends who just happen to share an office and an employer with um speaking of Titan employees um mage wanted to ask what's my dream jordan shoe and your dream nike shoe um, my dream project of my life is to design a Kobe colorway, uh, a Nike Kobe colorway. Um, I'm putting it out there. I always joke that I'm a designer. I'm not. But um, to maybe hopefully one day work on a Kobe project that, you know, maybe encapsulates the, the love that I have. Uh, for kobe for everything he stood for and the brief encounter that we had in 2016 when i got to meet him personally you'll you'll hear it uh in the interview later on i think that's probably that would probably be my that would be my dream dream project i know it's not a shoe or a colorway that you know i I'd, I'd want to own i own enough shoes but i don't know I, I'm, I'm putting it out there um hopefully one day i'm not reporting anything there's nothing in the works right there's not there's not anything that I'm uh, working on currently. I'm I'm far from it. I don't know how it's going to happen, or if it's going to happen, or why it's going to happen. I just I just do know that my dream of all dreams in my profession, and I guess in my in my you know personal affection for um, footwear, for sneakers, for this industry, for basketball, and you know as a Kobe Bryant fan is to yeah. One day, one day have have my own kind of story onto a, onto a Kobe shoe. Hey, dream big dreams, dream, big dreams. Um, yeah, that being said, the this week's basketball championship uh, belt, the uh, championship belt of the call to arms the uh, call to arms basketball championship belt this week goes to miss Vanessa Bryant. She unveiled Kobe's first of three. Is what we're hearing, um, bronze statues outside of the uh crypto.com arena, aka the Staples Center, aka the house that Kobe built. Um, and as usual, just the classiest, the most poised, um, person in the room. When I think there's every expectation that that would be the most difficult for her, um, yet you know, she was an absolute killer uh with her speech just an all-time speech this is an all-time speech and when she said that uh it was kobe who picked the pose so everybody get off my comments essentially Uh, and she said tough shit i love it that's why you're our captain vanessa that's that's why you're you that's why you're leading the way that's why you carry the torch that's why you are mamba um I love it. Great, great, great trophy. Great moment. Just an absolutely um, fitting tribute to a great, great man. So congratulations to the Bryant family. Congratulations to the Lakers. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Vanessa Bryant has the call to arms basketball championship belt this week. Uh, All right. On to the interview. This was an interview I was very fortunate to conduct with Kobe in June of 2016, he had just retired, came off of the the farewell tour, uh, which was his last season. Scored 60 in his last game. Within like minutes of him scoring 60 points, I've told the story a hundred million times. If you've heard it, I'm sorry. I I tweeted something and I said like a hundred likes and I'll get a 60 tattoo. I got a 60 tattoo on, on my hand, just like, I think half an hour after he was probably still doing interviews like, um, in the back of Staples center (laughs) and I was at a tattoo shop getting, getting a 60 tattooed on me just because it was so emotional for me as a, as a fan to see him retire and to go out guns blazing, uh, the way that, you know, is fitting to his personality um and his ethos right the whole mamba mentality thing um a few months later in june he flies over does his sneaker tour with nike and nike had informed me like hey would you be interested in hosting a small gathering at the nike store with kobe's most diehard fans and you know to facilitate a conversation with him it'd be you and him just on a little stage just Talking for a few minutes, uh, and then that's it. And I said, "Yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I would do that. That would be the greatest. That would be like the the thing in my life I would cherish the most." Um, and I did it, and it was it was fantastic. I had fond memories of it. He and you know backstage saw my tattoo and was making fun of it. I was trying to rub it off. There's actually a photo I have of him trying to rub off my, my sixty tattoo because he said, There's no way that's real. Um, you know, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever seen anyone do. And then he also said something hilarious. He said, You know I scored 81, right? Which is twenty-one more points than sixty. Um, you know, it's just, you know, giving me a tough time about it. And we were laughing and I said, Yeah, you know, but you know, sixty it means it means so much to me because on your way out, man, I mean you just you took 50 shots. I mean, that's, that's incredulous. Um, anyway, a few moments after that, it really wasn't long. You know, I'm not sitting here saying me and Kobe Bryant were great friends. We had maybe an, an hour, maybe less, um, of an interaction together. Um, a few minutes after that, I, I, I came out, there were about maybe 30, 40 people in, in the room. I introduced him. We had, um, what's essentially like a 13 14 minute conversation in 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 my head it was four hours um and at the same time like 30 seconds um and I'd never seen footage of that interview right um until well I happened to chance upon it here um but at the end of that session, Kobe signed my shoe, which is a, a shoe that, you know, I have here displayed. He, he signed the shoe I was wearing. It was fittingly the same colorway of the shoe that he scored 60 points in his last game. Uh, and then he wrote 60 all day on it. And then, you know, kind of we parted with him kind of right before he signed uh, the shoe. Uh, what, what he told me was that he was going to put 60 all day. Uh, and he said, you know, go for it. Just go for 60 every day. You know, whatever. Whatever that means for you, go for sixty every day, uh, and that's kind of been an inspiring thing that I try to live by every day since. Um, yeah, here's the conversation I had. I had been asking for these files for a while. I remember in twenty twenty, you know, just like when when Kobe passed, I remember trying to find the suppliers try to find the people who were there trying to piece together different photos and videos of you know just proof to you know to myself that you know i had this i had this moment with him and it was all a blur and i really just wanted to remember as best as i could what we talked about how he reacted how i reacted you know just how that conversation went just kind of maybe have uh tangible proof of that interaction so that i could always go back to it and you know i mean it's your hero right i mean uh, i guess in in this career you always think that you think two things you think that one day you are going to be able to interview whoever it is you want to interview you're going to be able to speak to them you're going to meet them and the second thing is you you assume you hope you dream that you're going to be able to do it again so after i spoke to to kobe in 2016 i think my hope my dream my ambition was to be able to get good enough at my craft that i'd be able to do it again um yeah obviously that that's not gonna happen uh so in 2020 i tried my best to kind of reach out try to find video of it um and there are a lot of people who really tried to help me find it it was the pandemic it was it was lockdown. people's files and, you know, hard drives were in one place. I was locked down and it it just got very, very complicated and, you know, we couldn't find it. And I had almost given up until at some point, I think last year we were working on a different project and I chanced upon this, this hard drive and they had told me that, you know, Hey, you might want to review that because, There's the stuff that you need for another project that's on that hard drive. But also I think we found the Kobe files. I think we found the Kobe interview. Um, Just, you know, go through it. And I'd always known that the video was there. I'd always hoped that the video was there. I think while scrolling, I just saw like a file type and you see the size of the file. You see the length of the video. You see a little thumbnail. And I'm like, oh, that's it. I think that's it. And I never watched it. I never opened it I just I just knew it was there and I just I don't know I just I just never wanted to watch it I just never wanted to I just didn't want to see it I thought I'd I thought I wanted to see it so bad I went through such great lengths in 2020 right after he passed to go and see it and find it for selfish reasons to keep it for myself to you know to to show to my loved ones that, you know, I I did do it. I did have a moment with Kobe. I had a conversation with him. He laughed. I made him laugh. Um, And then when I actually had it, it took me all of, well, until now, over a year um, to to really kind of sit myself down, force myself to watch it. I was scared of two things. From a selfish side, I was scared that I sucked, (laughs) that I'd look back on it and the moment maybe wasn't as, as rosy as I remembered it, right? Maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, and and this and then and the second thing was I was I was scared that maybe it would force me to finally kind of process the loss and maybe actually start properly grieving um, because I I I don't think I have I don't think that that's something that I've you know that I've processed truly and I think that's something that's common with a lot of Kobe Bryant fans but when the when the statue was unveiled um and you know two eight twenty four happened, I felt like that was that was about as good of a time that was about as good of a time to watch it, review it, um relive that moment a little bit, and then eventually over the weekend, this is the main reason why the episode is late. I think I spent a lot of time thinking about if it's something that I should share with other people. Um, And I'm doing so because one, I I mean, well, the first fear is kind of true. I think I did actually maybe not do as well as I thought I did upon review. I was very young. It was eight years ago. I was meeting my hero. Please cut me some slack. Um, But also I think that it's, I think that it's important um, because it might feel like we're losing more and more of him with each day that passes, right? And with each milestone that kind of passes and you run out of maybe actual, tangible, big event things to look forward to, right? Like, you know, his jersey went up, number eight, number 24. Is, he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he has his statue now. Right. Although it was great news to hear that he'll have two more, I think that it. I, I I think that one of the big reasons why I decided to finally share it was because I think that it's important to always kind of have just fresh imprints upon him when we all replay our favorite Kobe Bryant videos and we all, as Kobe fans, I'm sure that you guys are like me, if you chance upon something on Instagram of him talking, um of him talking about anything in the world right and it's the first time you're seeing it you're so excited and you save it right because you know this is my this is a this is fresh Kobe right this is fresh Kobe content that I'm seeing I'm hearing him talk about something new something different um, and I just wanted to share that with with other people and other Kobe fans and also I guess a uh, very important reminder for all of us to stay in the moment to appreciate it when when you do something good, when you meet someone special, when you have a special moment. Um, so, yeah. So, without any further ado, um, I know you want to hear Kobe. You don't want to hear me. Apologies, but for half the interview, you'll, you'll hear me asking the questions. Um, but uh, I want to thank the great people at uh, Treehouse. This is this is their video it's their native video it's it's about as raw of a video as you're going to see so apologize you know i apologize if the, the quality isn't uh crystal clear perfect um but thank you to them for being gracious with it uh thank you to my friends from huang's for you know helping me find it uh and thank you to our friends from Nike Philippines to Gino uh, Ferrer in in, in particular, who I had a conversation with in 2020 and really tried to pull out all the stops back then to help me find the video and, you know, encourage me to share it. Um, And yeah, I mean, for picking me in the first place uh, to host it and talk to Kobe. So without any further ado, let's travel back in time. Uh, 2016. Here's my conversation with late great, Black Mamba. Here's Kobe Bryant. You ladies and gentlemen are in esteemed company because all of us are crazy for the Mamba. Is that correct? There are a lot of numbers. There are a lot of numbers that mean a whole lot when it comes to this man. There's eight. There's 24. There's 81. There's the 60 I got tattooed on my hand 30 minutes after the last game. And there's number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the Black Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant! Alright ladies and gentlemen, officially welcome to the Mamba Disciples Talk. Kobe, you're among the Disciples. You're among the handpicked craziest of the crazy Kobe fans in the Philippines. It was, uh, you know, I want to I wanna start off by going to last night where a lot of us were. It was a very emotional moment for you last night. And you're, you're someone who's made a very, you know, esteemed reputation of
1: keeping that. I saw you trying to keep that in a little bit, struggling with it last night. Tell us about that moment. Well, I mean, it's, uh, oh my God. it's crazy to me how fast time goes by. You know, being out here for the first time and seeing how much country is growing, seeing how much basketball is growing here. Now to stand on that same court uh, I stood, the first time to see how much
0: and how much just, really And, you know, we're, we're talking about championships that aren't there for you to chase anymore, but that moment right there, you know, having your banner really pose against the Thrilla and Manila banner, those are the only two banners up in Coliseum that's seen the greatest of the greats here in the Philippines. What what does that mean to you, to, to know that you're regarded
1: as that special? Well, you know, it's, it's a tremendous honor and, you know, it's, uh, for me, the excitement is it's greater than championships because, um, you know, championships is something that comes and goes. Like, there'll be other players that won championships, there'll be other players that win MVPs, um, but really, what really makes a career special is uh, what legacy do you leave after? You create and inspire something that uh, people can internalize and uh, inspire for them to reach a greater sense of self. That's the true championship, right? If you can inspire a person to inspire a person, right, then it becomes this beautiful cycle, and that's the ultimate championship.
0: Now, you, you talked about creating. That's a word that I want to get right into. You you spoke at length yesterday about your focus now shifting and to innovating, continuing to create with Nike, continuing to you know, make product and improve products. How how, hands on, how more hands-on are you now when it comes to developing athletic wear, the footwear?
1: No no more than I have been in the past you know, because the process works beautifully. So when we sit down in our meetings, we always talk about innovation, we always talk about the story and um, how to create the best products. They like me. <laughs> Um, how to create the best products to help our athletes perform at the absolute best, and uh, we love to do that. I mean, we love to sit around in meetings and just geek out about nature, about human nature, about performance, and you know what can we do, what they say we can't do, or okay, can let's do that, and uh, we enjoy it. We'll continue to do that. You now, you, you
0: talked about that, you know, looking to human nature. You've always looked to animals, you not know, apart from the black bomba. I mean, you have had a cheetah. Sneaker. We've had we've we've had a we've yeah, had all lights, we had great boys, white dark whites, dark frogs, dark frogs, <laughs> which were I think the the most interesting. If you know, that's we had the same one
1: that kind of went below the radar, which was the orca wheel. The orca. orca yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that one,
0: Those those are things that you know no one has really ever done before, and I don't think anyone else as an elite athlete has that much of an interest in you know, in animal planet, I yeah. guess, uh, on their TVs. Yeah. If you were to pick. An animal that you know you feel is very closely linked to Manila. If you were gonna make something the Manila
1: mamba animal, yes, yes. what would it be? Oh, it's gotta be the black mamba from the standpoint. Oh, no so, so this is the official black mamba well, home because because look the reason why I love the black mamba okay. as an animal is the fact that um, you know, it, 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 it fights for its territory and for its ground. Right, it fights for that no matter what. You know, it's not afraid, it's not going to be intimidated, it's not going to be bullied, right? And that's what I loved about the character of the Black Mamba and hopefully everybody here in Manila can embody that and the Philippines can embody that. Not just in basketball, but in anything else that they try to do.
0: Now, first of all, it's great that the Black Mamba calls Manila home and Manila is you know, Black Mamba land. That's, that's something we, we, we truly appreciate. We talked about the design process. What was your first thought when you saw the first sketch of of the eleven of this? So well, you knew that you were gonna you were you were gonna end with this one. This was gonna be the swan song sneaker. Yeah. What, what what was your first thought? First sketch?
1: First meeting? Well, you know the the, the first sketch and the first meeting just centered around we talked a lot about um, about moving on, right? And how hard it is to move on, and it's like a snake that sheds its skin. You know, the, the, the skin dies, and now you're moving on, and you're growing a new one, right? And that's what that's what the first meeting was about. It's about that kind of death, if you will. And uh, now, how do we tell that story through product? But that was that's the original, that's the core of the idea. Now, the Fates of Black collection
0: re- released here. Um, oh. I'm, I'm wearing the last one, the Mamba days <laughs> that you wore. And it really featured what a collection of, thir- of thirteen incredible sneakers. I know it's like, you know, it's like asking a parent which one's their favorite child. But <laughs> which one
1: will have to be you, the speaker that means the most to you? As apart the, from the last one. That's so tough to we, say because we really uh, every every issue that, we, that we do is a part of me at that moment in time. So it's a it's a reflection. It's a it's a mirror of uh, where I was emotionally, spiritually, um, performance-wise. So it's really tough to say, you know, I look at the shoe collection and really see myself at the age of 26, 27, 28, 29, you know, so it's just a part of my growth.
0: Now, you've been working out a lot of very talented, very hardworking, very aspirant kids um, over over your stay here in the Philippines with the the Maba Academy. You talked about waking up at 4 a.m. Yesterday you dropped this bombshell like it was nothing. You're trying to, you know, sneak it by us. You did 50 suicides for fun, yeah. which, by the way, I think is really a strong symptom of insanity. You gotta get that checked. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I as know. far as work ethic, <laughs> what did
1: you see with the kids that you've been working with here? Well, you know what I see is that they, they love what they're doing. They love the game. And when you love it, it's like you're not even working. You know what I mean? It's it's fun. Like You want to be out there. You want to be challenging yourself. You want to do something that's going to help you be better at what your passion is. So from that perspective, it's just having fun. Like, running for the suicides, it was fun, because I'm on the court, I'm moving, this is what I love to do, I'd rather be no place else. And for the kids, that's exactly what I've been seeing for them in these past couple days.
0: And is it a situation where, you know, as much as they're happy to see you and you're happy to see them and work with them, uh, I noticed that you were also very quick to, you know, point out something wrong. You were also very yeah. quick to you know, point out a bad habit, single someone out. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Can you talk to us about how important that is for them to hear something like that from someone yeah. like yeah. you. It's very
1: important, but you know, it's also very important to um, to be really uh, straightforward and honest with each other because that's the only way you can get better. You cannot get like if you know we're friends and you're playing the game and you're doing something incorrectly. It's my duty as your friend to tell you, right? And this way you can get better. You can identify it and improve. And also self-assessing. It was really hard, like for me, when I had a bad game. It's really hard to go home and watch the game, you know, because you just want to watch all the good stuff. <laughs> you know, um, and it's really, really hard to look in the mirror and point out the things that you're weak at. You know, the things that you did that you did incorrectly. And um, you know, and hopefully the kids here understand that. That's why I'm really quick to jump on them and say, nope, that's not right. Do it again.
0: Now I, I want to talk about Kobe Inc. For, for for a quick second here, and you always mention the word storytelling. Coming up into that into that last season of yours, obviously you had probably the most interviews you've ever had <laughs> in your life throughout the course of an eighty-two game season. And you know today we hear you keep mentioning that word storytelling, storytelling, and you know we're we're, we're very curious as far as you know where where does that where does that take you when it comes to product, when it comes to innovation. What's the story now that you have to tell?
1: Well, I mean, it's such a common thread of, of creating you know, information, um, you know, inspiration, and then products that enable you to reach the best version of yourself. So, you know, but there's certain levels out there of knowledge um, that are untapped, right? I wanna be able to share more of what's up here with the rest of the world. And the best way to do that is through storytelling, is through the written word, is through entertainment, and, um, and also other great minds. I mean, who are the people out there that are doing these amazing things, and how do they do it? Why do they do it? And to be able to share that information in a very compelling way. I think that will elevate our culture.
0: And we have a story to tell here as well. I'm sure every single person here in this room has a Kobe story that you know maybe starts here today. This is probably middle chapter. A lot of, a lot of, for a lot of us here, this is the highlight of you know our basketball and Kobe fandom is being this close to you. What can you say about, you know, what you've seen from, from the Manila fan, you know, from guys who have been here since 5 in the morning just to maybe have a chance to see you, even if they saw you last night, to, you know, guys who await the innovation for every single, you know, piece of gear that you put out, to, you know, not so smart guys who get 60 tattooed on their hands 30 minutes after awesome. your last game. That's awesome. My parents don't think so much, I'm glad that you appreciate
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you talk to us
0: about what the what what makes the Manila fans stand up?
1: Well, I, I think our relationship um, is a is a very passionate one, and you know it's it's to allow somebody into your heart to inspire you. It's a very personal thing, and from the first moment I came out here to see the expression on the kids' faces, how much they loved the game, how much they were open to hearing what I had to say and teach about the game, inspired me as much as it inspired them. So that relationship is a very special. One. I mean, if you think about people that inspire you uh, to get up in the morning and work hard, and that's something that moves you, and that's something that never leaves you. you know? And you know, when I come out here on days, like, seasons when we lost championships, and uh, you know, I come out here and I hear the reaction from the fans, and I say, you know what? I gotta give them a championship. And I wanna come out here as a champion, and we can all celebrate this, and, um, so they've inspired me as much as I've inspired them, and that makes our relationship extremely special.
0: Last one for right now. We heard, obviously, Kyrie Irving say that it was be like mamba, mamba <laughs> mentality in his head when he pulled up for a three-pointer to win a championship <laughs> in Game 7 against a 73-win team. Yeah. The, the other day, I was sitting next to Kevin Durant and he was saying I had to get flying it on my sneaker because Kobe had it first (laughs) and I felt so jealous of Kobe. You see these guys who you've spoken so highly of as you went on your on your Swansong season. What's what's making you watch basketball like when you when you turn on the TV is it straight to an NBA game who is it that guy that you okay this must-see TV for me I have to watch
1: Oh, I mean, this guy I, or that you know, guy. I check in with a lot of the guys. And I, like, they'll call me to reach out. Like Kyrie, I've spoken to Kyrie throughout the season, spoke to him during the playoffs, um, Durant as well. And uh, it's, for me now at this stage, it's just really a relationship thing. Like, I want them to do well personally, but also I, I want to be able to share as much as I can, um, so that they, when their time comes, can inspire the next generation and teach the next generation, right? So it's this whole cycle again. Um, so I'll watch just for them to do well, and if they ever need anything, they always call me and I'll talk to them and help them out as much as I can.
0: Well, I've got a rec league coming up soon. I'll make sure to call you once the yeah, playoff season and starts. I know, man. I'm <laughs> a mentality all day. Man. Hey, it's a story that you're telling, and they're going to hopefully tell uh, as well. Kobe Bryant, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Thanks for listening um, or watching the podcast. I appreciate it. We're going to NBA All-Star in Indianapolis. Um, We fly out tomorrow, so watch out for a lot of great All-Star content on Slam Online PH, on my channels, and everywhere else. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Mamba mentality forever. Kobe Bryant forever. Yeah, thanks a lot. Peace.